0: The moment has arrived. I'm Tom Dickinson, and this is The Moment, Season 1, Episode 4 of The Moment, if we want to be precise, and we do want to be precise because this is a podcast all about particular individual moments of Doctor Who. This week we're returning to 2014 to discuss another moment from Peter Capaldi's first season. You might remember two weeks ago when Riley Silverman joined me to talk about the premiere of that season, where Clara finally comes around to the Twelfth Doctor and decides to continue traveling with him. For this episode, I'm joined by Evan Tang as we skip ahead a few episodes to Mummy on the Orient Express. A lot has happened between that moment and this one, and strangely enough, Clara finds herself back in the same place again, wondering whether she can really continue to travel with the Doctor at this point. If you haven't seen Series 8, or if you just haven't seen it in a while, let me do a bit of recapping. The rest of you smash that 30-second skip button. During a key moment in the previous episode, Kill the Moon, the Doctor left the scene of the action and left Clara with sole responsibility over a decision she didn't really feel comfortable making alone. This led to an explosive argument, where Clara made it clear that she and the Doctor were done. At the start of Mummy on the Orient Express, Clara's temper has cooled off a bit, and while she's still determined to end her travels with the Doctor, She's willing to join him on one last trip as a sort of farewell to their time together, on a fancy train in space. But things go off the rails, pun very much intended. Passengers on the train start dying, there's a mummy, it's a whole thing. When Clara's new friend Maisie is marked for death, the Doctor puts Clara in a tough spot, making her lie to Maisie and give her false hope so the Doctor can use her in his plan to defeat the villain. The Doctor does end up saving Maisie and most of the other passengers, and a short while later, Clara, who has passed out from lack of oxygen, awakens on a rocky beach with the Doctor standing over her. That's where Evan's moment picks up.
1: I do understand why some people don't like Series 8. The show is, like, actively trying to make you uncomfortable. It's That's something I really love, but some people who liked the 11th Doctor Arrow, they wanted a comfy show, and it was a comfy show, and suddenly it's not a comfy show anymore. That can be very jarring. Series 8 is still, like, sort of my favorite season of the series. It's still, like, an absurdly messy season, but it is probably my favorite season of the series. Every time I revisit Series 8, it's like, I find something new. I sharpen what I'm thinking about this season, because there's just so much. The relationship between the Doctor and Clara is, like, constantly changing. Every episode, it changes. It sort of puts us in the mindset of both of those characters. The Doctor has no idea what he wants to be. Clara has no idea what she wants to be and they're being pulled in, like, so many different directions. And after this, it stabilizes, but it's just... So you saved everyone. It's just so messy right now. No, I just saved you, and I let everyone else suffocate. Ha uh... Hmm. Yeah, this is just my cover story. It's uh, such a good scene. This beach scene, it's such a good scene. Mm-hmm. I don't think I properly understood what it was going for until, like, much later, but... This moment specifically is like a very big turning point in my brain that's like... Clara's character before this moment, and Clara's character after this moment. Before this moment, she has a normal life, and she's doing the doctor thing while she's having that normal life. But, like, after this point, she doesn't really want to be a normal person anymore. She wants to be, like, the doctor.
0: Oh, that's that's interesting, not just because of, like, what's in this episode, but the very next episode is... yeah is Flatline, and it's the episode where... I'm the Doctor. Don't you dare.
1: Dr. Oswald! You can call me Clara.
0: Clara is playing the role of the Doctor. Yeah. And then that's made even more explicit in a bunch of different ways in the episodes to come right up through to Face the Raven. Yeah. And beyond.
1: And part of what's interesting is that that's not really the forefront of the rest of the season. She still has attachments to like being a normal person. Danny attaches her to still being like, "Oh, I want to be normal. I still want to like have a normal life." And like that still continues on until the finale Back. because Clara I will never say those words again not to anybody else ever. Those words from me are yours and she her. still wants to be with Danny and if Jenna Coleman left at the end of the season, this wouldn't be a story about her wanting to be the Doctor. This would be a story about like, oh, her wanting to be the Doctor blinded her to how great it is to be a normal person, but that's not where her story goes after Series 8. After Series 8, it's like, oh no, this is a story about her wanting to be the Doctor. Where are we going? Gallifrey. Like I said. and then actually becoming the Doctor.
0: Gallifrey. a long way around it. Or like something close to that. One thing that I found interesting revisiting this episode, the scene on the beach where the doctor you know, tells Clara that
1: I dropped everyone off at of the nearest civilized planet which happened to be here.
0: Yeah. And you seemed happy asleep so I just left you. But we don't see any of them. We don't even see Maisie. I wonder if you ever felt like he was lying to her. When I first saw it, I was like, this is a weird decision. <laughs> I have no idea...
1: If they wanted people to see this scene as like an ambiguous scene, maybe that ambiguity is there mostly to put us in Clara's shoes. Like, we're still unsure about this doctor. We're still unsure if he's still like a good person. I honestly have no idea. If
0: that was intentional, I don't think he let everyone die. When I first watched this scene, I saw it as entirely ambiguous. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think he would have callously like left them to die, but you know, it's possible that he wouldn't have been able to save everyone and would have only been able to save Clara, but then would have lied to her just so she wouldn't have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Looking back in the fullness of his character arc, I don't really think it makes any sense to think, oh, he just let all those people die and then lied about it. Also, I don't think... Perkins would have been like, oh yeah, you let everyone else die, but I'm still here. That's a good
1: point. (laughs) Might just be easier to have them stay on board for a while. That's an interesting thing I thought of while... I don't suppose you'd know of anyone. ...watching that Perkins scene right after this one. Sorry, Doctor, but I don't think I do. That job could uh, change a man that's amazing because in the previous scene it's literally changing clara right there like she's literally making the decision to become someone new to like have a different viewpoint Mm -hmm. i didn't notice that until i saw it this time again i don't think perkins was like an amazingly developed character or anything but like it makes sense that a character like that would be there to, like, draw a parallel between that and what Clara's
0: going through. Like, a character who's getting out before they go down that road. I wonder why why she would make that decision. Because when you mention, like, this is the moment she decides she wants to be, like, the Doctor, it reminds me of a couple conversations that the Eleventh Doctor had with Rory. Mm-hmm. Especially in, like, The Girl Who Waited, where, You're yeah. Right. This isn't fair. You're turning me into you. I don't what think the Doctor me? would very much like
1: traveling with someone who's... Exactly like him, but hmm. at the same time, I think he does want his companions to understand where he's coming from. One thing that I've always thought about the Doctor is that, like, he always needs an alibi to do something horrible. Hmm. Like, he's not gonna kill a Cyberman Why don't- without giving it the offer, like, oh, I've gotta give them a choice. I'm gonna take you somewhere else, peaceful and quiet. And if they refuse, then he's like, okay, well, now I'm justified in doing this. But, like, there's not often that moment where that alibi blows up in his face and like part of what's interesting about why he does the thing and kill the moon well oh, that was me allowing you to make a choice about your own future his alibi that was me is clara he's respecting you oh my god really was it yeah well respected is not how i feel <laughs> pushing that alibi onto his companion which is not a nice thing to do at all he's like giving up the responsibility and still taking the credit
0: and she's she's just not having it it's interesting though because in, in this episode he kind of as almost like a related thing but not quite the same thing he kind of involves her in a lie hmm yeah he tells her, get, um... Maisie? Um, yeah.
1: Well, I don't know, lie to her. Tell her I can save her, whatever it takes to get her here.
0: Yeah, and she does it. He
1: says he can save you.
0: And seems to regret doing it. Yeah. But here in this moment, like, that's one of the things that's kind of so powerful in this moment. She so understands, she's, she says... When
1: you lied to Maisie, when you made me I lie to Maisie... you could risk us
0: finding out my plan and stopping
1: me. So you were pretending to be heartless?
0: Yeah. And to what extent do you think that's really true? Um... I
1: like what he says, which is like...
0: Would you like to think that about me?
1: He doesn't really say if he was pretending to be heartless or not. He instead says like... Sometimes the only choices you have are bad ones. But you still have to choose. This life means making a lot of difficult decisions, and if you're not prepared to make these decisions, even worse things are going to happen. Part of what I think that says is that the doctor is justifying his detachment. He's like saying, if I'm not detached, then bad things are going to happen. And that's a thing that's not necessarily true of all the Doctors. It's definitely true with this earlier Twelfth Doctor, which is like, yeah, I'm just not going to do this empathy thing because I know where that leads. I know where not making this decision leads. Part of where Clara's arc goes is that she takes this detachment to heart. like Yeah, but we saved the world, right? We did. In the very next episode, she's like... You did. Okay, so on balance... Balance. Yeah, that's how you think, isn't it? Largely, so other people don't have to. Yeah, well, that's her taking this exact lesson from him in this episode. She's like, this is how you think, and that—that's not like a great way to think. But that's why he says, "You were an exceptional doctor, Clara. Thank you. Goodness." Had nothing to do with it. You've taken this not-great mindset to heart, and that's, like, sort of distancing you from your humanity.
0: Yeah, but, how, like, how compatible do you think that is with, like, the later Twelfth Doctor, uh, especially the last two episodes, where... I do
1: what I do because it's right! Because it's decent! And above all, it's kind! It's just that.
0: Just kind. And that's why why he does things. Whereas this, is it like... this episode seems to suggest, you know, he does it because... He's addicted to it.
1: An addiction.
0: Yeah, I don't think he's addicted to it. I think Clara might
1: be addicted to it. Clara's just taken, like, one point of view of how he feels into account. The doctor's still working things out, and she's taking lessons from what he's working out. And I don't really know how he gets from it's about making the right decisions to it's about being kind, but I do think that's, like, an arc for him. Um, I think... It makes sense that Missy is the impetus for that idea. Um, I don't know how much
0: Clara is to that impetus. One of the things that I've always really loved about the relationship between the Twelfth Doctor and Clara is that the Twelfth Doctor is very much gotta be my pal, trying to tell me figure himself out. My good man. And as you kind of point out, Clara is making big decisions about, like, figuring herself out here, and which ultimately leads to, you know, her decision... You actually expect me to give you my death sentence? ...to save riggsy and, and die and face the raven. This yeah. is putting you in danger.
1: No, this is us talking the opposition into their own trap. This is Dr. 101. We're buying time. One of the
0: things that's so great about that arc is that they're constantly, like, pushing and pulling at one another. Yeah. And I think, to the extent, like, she's changing because of him, I like to think that maybe his shift in perspective, he gets that a little bit from her. Like, later on, he starts using language that she uses, like, duty of care. Look, Mm -hmm. I have
1: a duty of care, okay? You know what that is?
0: Of course I know what a duty of care is. What are you suggesting? Something that she says in this season, and then... He turns it around and then that becomes part of his vocabulary. Because I've got a duty of care. Which you take very seriously. I know. I have a duty of care. No,
1: you don't. Because I never asked for that. I was dead and gone. Why? Why would you even do that to yourself? I have a duty of care. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think it's interesting the push and pull between the two. Um, that's partially why the Series 9 finale is so good, because it's like acknowledging that. I do have like. Another reason why I specifically chose Mummy on the Orient Express and not like Flatline, which is obviously like a very direct, like, oh, this is Clara actually wanting to be the doctor. Well, you're a doctor of lies. Well, I'm usually quite vague about that. I think I just picked the title because it makes me sound important. Or Last Christmas, which is definitely like her. So all of the time and all the space. Completely abandoning there... humanness. Blue box. Or like normality. To be with the doctor. One interesting thing about Last Christmas, there's like explicitly a scene where she gives up her last attachment to normality. Like, her and Dream Daddy are like talking, and he's like, You can miss
0: me for five minutes a day, but all the rest of the time, Cora, all the rest of the time, every single second, you just get the hell on me.
1: That's very much like her final moment, being attached to normality and. That's partially why series nine, there's not that much friction. In that season, between the two, unlike series eight.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know you uh, you singled this scene out as a turning point, but virtually every episode in the season has, it's like a series of turning points. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why I like the arc of that season so much. One thing I actually love in this scene, and it's just like a little detail, is like the doctor, he has this, I guess it's a stick I think he has. Mm-hmm. He's just like drawing something in the sand. Yeah. An interesting thing about this doctor during his first, series is that like he would often have a piece of chalk and he was writing on the chalkboard Mm -hmm. deep breath is like a scene where he's drawing out some kind of complicated equation not long after waking up and like listen evolution perfects survival skills giving a lecture to no one yeah using a chalkboard he's perpetually trying to like figure something out Mm -hmm. i think they intentionally juxtapose that image of him awkwardly trying to like draw in the sand and he almost looks like he's not paying attention to Clara and he's just kind of absent but he's actually incredibly engaged in trying to figure something out he's trying to figure himself out throughout the course of the season yeah I don't know if there's something you can draw in the sand that will help you figure yourself out I'd be very interested to know what that is (laughs) if you can but um it kind of evokes that idea, which reminded me of, of, a, of a very different version of, of the Doctor from, from what you have in the more recent Twelfth Doctor's final episode. Yeah, like,
1: this is also a scene where he's figuring something out, if you put it that way. Like, hmm. I don't think before this, he himself has been thinking, oh, I need to make this decision, even though there's no right answer. I don't think he's thinking that. Like, part of the thing that he does with I'm Maisie... Back your grief your trauma your
0: resentment and now it's mine
1: the way Capaldi acts that scene out the way his eyes move and the way that he's like moving his face I don't think he thought of taking Maisie's post-traumatic stress onto himself until Clara chides him for this, making her this lie this is why I'm you this because you lied you lied to me again and now you've made me lie you've made me your accomplice
0: what? Sorry, when did you lie? Hmm.
1: I don't know if that's the writer's intention, but that's how I interpreted the climax of this episode. So one thing about watching the end of this episode... So is it done? ...when I first saw it? Yep. Yep. Mission accomplished. When I first saw her lying to Danny again, I was like, oh, we're going down this road again. I I rolled my eyes at that. (laughs) I very much thought of it as like them saying, oh, lying is an addiction, but I don't think it's like that. I think it's very much her being like, oh, I want to like separate these two parts of my life and make everything okay she's not deciding i want to be the doctor all the time she's deciding i want to be like the doctor but i don't want to like let go of this part of my life necessarily that's what the series 8 finale sort of starts out being about Hmm. things to say not all of them good Be better if I was actually there. In fact, that's I didn't even think of this until right this second, but the opening to the last episode of Series 8.
0: Lara Oswald has never existed.
1: (laughs) I'm the doctor. That's right after she decides to herself that this Danny that's talking to her isn't the real Danny. Yeah. And she's like, well, I guess I can't save Danny anymore. I guess I'm gonna be the doctor all the time now. And then she goes back on that because she, she sees Danny again. I definitely think that's like that push and pull of, oh, I have this normal life, and I have this way into a normal life, and huh. I want to be the person making that decision. I want to be the person in control. I want to be the person who goes around and does all these amazing things. And when okay. she says goodbye to the doctor, she says,
0: Traveling with you made me
1: feel really special. You made me feel really special. And I think that... Thank you for that. That's very true. Thank you for making me feel special.
0: I think that's something the show has been okay. preoccupied with for most of the new series. Like, what is the relationship between the companion's life with the Doctor and, and their life that they leave behind? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's definitely something with Rose. It's something that really comes up in The Parting of the Ways when the Doctor sends her home and she's, mm-hmm. you know, just sitting eating chips with, with Mickey and Jackie. And What do
1: I do every day, Mum? What do I do? Get up, catch the bus, go to work, come back home, eat chips and go to bed. Is that it? The
0: idea that she would ever go back to to that is completely ludicrous to her. Yeah. And then, you know, it it continues to be a concern. How long are
1: you going to stay with me? The
0: rest of her time through to doomsday. Forever. And then with Donna. I was going to be with you forever and then you know there's an there's a sort of interesting different take on it with amy and rory and river where their family life very much is the doctor yeah it was a place for you
1: but you didn't know i was coming why would you set me a place oh because we always do
0: and then in, in the first part of series seven like we have two lives real life and doctor life you see them as they kind of attempt to disentangle what do we do from one another yeah. but don't really do it very successfully. Choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a very different response to the same sort of general premise.
1: Yeah. Part of, like, what I wanted after Amy and Rory left was, like, a companion who has her own life from the Doctor. And like, Series 8... Teaching. Definitely... Teaching. Gives Teach him. us that. Totally. Teaching. We probably shouldn't talk about it. But then, the whole point of the arc in Series 8 is that after Series 8 we don't really get much of a glimpse into her life outside of the docker anymore. And that's interesting because in series nine, yes. she says that- You got a hobby. I've got a hobby. Thanks. It's you, by the way. But like, we're okay. never shown that. As time goes on, that slowly fades away as she begins to realize that not only does she want to, like, travel with the Doctor, but she wants to do what the Doctor does. I don't necessarily think any other companion has done that. Like, I think that... You
0: even look like him. That's me.
1: Rose, maybe?
0: I suppose I do, yeah.
1: Maybe even Donna, because... Part time load. Part human? Oh, yes. That was a two-way biological metacrisis. Because that actually happens to her oh, Doctor, oh, Donna. The Donna. but like i don't think anyone has ever actually voiced that idea that not only do they want this life but they also want to like do what he does specifically to like have that command to like make the decisions but she definitely wants to be like the person in charge mm-hmm. have we moved where have we landed I don't look where we are take off and promise me you will never look where we've been and not only just the person in charge why? just take off don't ask questions but the person who who takes charge I don't take orders Clara there is your told part of why i like clara is that she's like the first companion that i've really felt was like a real person which is probably an insult to like literally all the other companions but like i'm still attached to a lot of other companions but clara is definitely my favorite um it's just wonderful she's so wonderful
0: I don't know if she's the only one. I feel like is a real person to me, but she's the one that feels like she's completely the co protagonist. Yeah, along with the Doctor. One of the reasons I like watching Doctor Who is because the Doctor he'll do something interesting or unexpected or completely like bonkers just to kind of turn a situation on its head. And I think Clara is just as likely to do that in any given episode that she's in. Yeah, uh, even though she's not like a like a Time Lord. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She's just a regular person, but in being a regular person and just the way that she is, she's just as likely to drive us story by making like a strange bold decision mm-hmm. don't be very very careful with that those are very very like another thing is like the doctor will often come in and lay down the law like be the moral authority the
1: key. do as you are told no! well, you, you know this...
0: it's just as likely in a 12th doctor and clara story that clara is going to be the moral authority
1: do as you are told
0: lay down the law for the doctor or for other characters or that there just won't be a moral authority and it'll just be a conversation between the two of them which is why scenes like this where they're just like talking about something and bouncing ideas off one another Mm -hmm. that just like i love i love that god (laughs) they're so good Uh, it's so amazing that
1: this season has has that but it also has like missy
0: say something nice
1: Mm -hmm. and like she fits so well into that she's such a wrench in like the doctor clara thing because like first of all missy brought them together you put us together i kept you together second of all missy is like sort of like what clara can never be what have you got to do with it i'm a friend you're just i'm just what missy is someone who has had so much history with the doctor
0: see that couple over there you're the puppy.
1: And she's, like, sort of, like, in between the two. That's so interesting. Clara sort of still has, like, this thing she needs to go through if she
0: wants to be that person. Which is interesting because, like, Missy does the, almost the same thing as we're talking about here in Series 10, where it's, like, the arc of that series is...
1: But like it or not, I just saved this world because I want to change.
0: Her, you know, trying to become more like the Doctor. Mm-hmm. And then in the finale, there's a scene where she says... "I." And that mysterious adventure in all of time and space, known only as Doctor Who. The- <laughs> Much like, uh, oh, wow. Clara identifies herself as the Doctor. Wow. God. I really like the Twelfth Doctor era. Yeah, me too. So good. And that's it for the moment this week. Thanks to Evan Tang, who you can follow on Twitter at oh. HeavenlyEvan that's H V N L Y E V A N. Evan has a project that I want to plug. He's assembled what he refers to rather provocatively as the Doctor Who canon list. It's a meticulously assembled list of every published work of Doctor Who narrative fiction, including all spin-offs, however obscure. It extends all the way from televised episodes down to weird spin-offs like Faction Paradox and Iris Wildtime, all the way to things that I've never even heard of, like the Lucy Wilson Mysteries and Master Plan Q. I have no idea what the Master Plan Q even is, but it sounds intense and it seems to be Doctor Who related because I'm looking at this list and it's on it. If you just friggin' love lists as I do, then you can find this list linked in the show notes for this episode at themomentpod.com. Speaking of show notes, you can find show notes for every episode of The Moment on themomentpod.com, including various related links. And did you know that every week I make a Spotify playlist, loosely inspired by that week's episode? Well, now you know, and you can find that there too. You can also find us on Twitter at The Moment Pod. You can even find us on Facebook if you search Doctor Who the Moment, and I'm sure you can find us elsewhere if you believe in yourself and try very hard. I'm Tom Dickinson, and I'll be back in a moment.